This episode of the Weekly Standard Podcast is sponsored by The Great Courses. The Great Courses brings the world's greatest philosophers to your fingertips. With more than 500 audio and video series on science, history, philosophy, fine arts, better living, and more, The Great Courses are available on digital download and streaming at thegreatcourses.com or on DVD and CD or via The Great Courses apps. Best of all, you can listen to or watch The Great Courses at your own pace without the pressure of homework or exams. And now, for a limited time only, The Great Courses is giving our listeners an offer of up to 80% off the original price of selected courses, including The Secret Life of Words, English Words and Their Origins. For this limited time, 80% off offer, go to thegreatcourses.com WS to find out more. That's thegreatcourses.com WS. Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us in the Weekly Standard is senior editor Vic Mattis, who's also the author of Vodka. And Vic, anyone who writes about alcohol is a friend of mine. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be with a kindred spirit, Michael. But, but I do have to ask this question. What is Rachel Dolezal drinking? Or maybe more to the point, what are the people who have encountered her odd racial Kool-Aid drinking to give her the kind of treatment that she's gotten? Well, it really is amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's the kind of thing that when you're watching it on TV, it's driving you to drink. It's that bad. And, I mean, it's really kind of puzzling because, you know, she's going on this publicity tour now, and people are asking her about identifying as black, identifying as African-American, and they're not actually tiptoeing around some of the bigger issues here. I think Matt Lauer on NBC might have asked her about, you know, uh, if she tans, that might have been Savannah Guthrie actually talking about, you know, if she dyes her skin or something. And, you know, she talks about sprays. And then uh, another person on NBC asked her about what she does with her hair, if it's a weave. And in fact, it is a weave. But really, they're not actually getting to the serious questions here about some of the claims she's making. So, I mean, it's on the one hand, Michael, it's, it's, it's interesting for her to talk about identifying with one race that you're not. Um, and, and sort of cultural identification versus biological. Uh, but it's a whole other story when she's making claims, for instance, of you know, growing up on a, in a teepee and hunting animals with bow and arrow. Okay, Matt, Vic, for the people who haven't followed uh, her case story that closely, please recall the alleged childhood that she enjoyed as a poor black child in rural Montana. Yes. Well, as she gave uh, an interview to Eastern Washington University some time ago, uh, she had said, that, you know, part of her, you know, growing up experience involved you know, living in a teepee, which is not a sort of an African-American experience. It's sort of an American Indian experience. And she is uh, supposedly part American Indian, but she wasn't talking about that aspect at the time. And she talked about hunting animals with a bow and arrow. And she also said that her parents were abusive to her and, and in fact, beat her with a baboon whip. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. W with a what? A baboon whip. And I'm not sure if that's a whip you use against baboons or is that a, a whip that baboons use against other baboons? I don't know. Uh, and, and sort of that just was out there. And again, it's really quite remarkable that, you know, during this publicity tour that she's been doing, uh, that no one's been uh, asking these questions. And uh, as I was, we were talking earlier um, about variety and Andrew Wallenstein, uh, God bless him, is the only one who is really calling them out on this and calling NBC out on this. And he says, you know, you can't help but fear she could eventually get hired as a correspondent focusing on <laughs> racial issues. 
But he goes on. He goes on to say, given what we saw from NBC News today, she can't do much worse than the talent they already have in house. Well, Ouch. I happen to know that that job has been taken by Chelsea Clinton after <laughs> her mom becomes president of the United States. That's uh, correct. But I want to. There's there's other insanity here too when it comes just to the narrative, uh, the claims about her father as a black man in the military. Uh, you know, subordinates threatening to kill him and his fight for civil rights. Uh, I've seen her father. Her father looks like a chubby polka player for, who may have wandered off the set of a Garrison Keillor, uh, you know, movie. I mean, is the press going to press her on these things when she's making such wildly ludicrous claims? Well, I wouldn't hold our breath on that. I mean, it's amazing because, again, you're talking about the biological father and, you know, she's talking about the father that she appears with, which is an African-American gentleman in a photo uh, that when she was asked about, is this your father? She hesitated on camera and she nodded and said, yeah, that's him. And that wasn't exactly convincing, but that's the story connected to that man. And even again, even crazier than that is her latest claim that there's no proof that these two, the two white people in Idaho, in Coeur d'Alene, who say they're her parents, are actually her parents. She says there's no proof. And I don't know, I mean, she's, you know, I don't know if she studied science about DNA testing, because you could probably find a connection there. Vic. And she says there's no medical witnesses. She said there were no medical witnesses. I, again, it's puzzling, and I, I hope somebody uh, follows up on that. See, Vic, here's where your doubt has clouded your eyes. Not only were there no witnesses to her birth, not only has she not had a DNA test, but it took several weeks for her birth certificate to arrive, which is why Rachel Dolezal will not be working for NBC. She will instead be Donald Trump's running mate on the <laughs> two-for-one birther ticket. He birthers Obama. She birthers herself. Now, that's birthering for you. That, that's right. That's right. I mean, I think that'll be a, a match made in heaven. Uh, but again, it, and it, you know, when you think about sort of racial identification, you know, uh, what, what do we think about? We, we think about Elizabeth Warren claiming to be American Indian, you know, and, and, and you hear other stories like this. I mean, it's, it, it's sort of disturbing. It's alarming. But sadly, uh, this isn't new. And this is probably the beginning of a, of a larger trend that we're going to be seeing about, you know, how we're We've always talked about living in a post-racial society, but she seems to be really taking it to the next level. Well, this is to me the, this, the one serious part of the story is people have been – I've been trying to figure out why is this luna, clearly lunatic mentally – you know, she needs help, cries out for help, woman being treated seriously. Why, why is anyone – why isn't this just one of those stories you read like on the back pages of the newspaper underneath the jumble, you know, strange <laughs> blonde lady claims to be black – you know, cons her way into job at NAACP. And the reason is because she's not creating a movement. She's the product of the campus, progressive, liberal, microaggression, reality is optional uh, teaching and, and philosophy that a frightening number of Americans share. And you see it when Eric Michael Dyson says, well, she's not African-American, but she is black. When the Georgia NAACP announced that race has no meaning, it has no reality in science or biology, which of course is A, scientifically nonsensical, but B, undercurrent cuts the entire purpose of the NAACP. She, I, the, I think she has inadvertently kind of outed this entire irrational identity politics movement that's been growing by leaps and brown, bounds on the progressive left. Uh, that, that's right. I mean, it, one of the things that really surprised me early on 
uh, was the NAACP's reaction. It wasn't, okay, she needs to step down because she's been misrepresenting herself. Not that, you know, uh, again, you can make the argument that culturally she identifies more with African-Americans than she does with Caucasians. Uh, but the fact is, you know, on, on previous occasions, she's lied about her race. I mean, biologically speaking, you know, she has lied about, you know, her ethnicity. And of course, she's made up these other stories. And uh, I've always said, you know, in, in, in Rachel Dolezal's case, we're talking about, you know, the, the cover up once again is being worse than the crime. I mean, and and but the NAACP seems to have totally skirted that issue. And they're just saying, you know what, though, you know, she did great job. Right. You know, she 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 did wonders as the head of the Spokane chapter. Uh, of the NAACP, you know, in Spokane, which has, I think, um, I think there, uh, the number of African-Americans in Spokane is only 2%, uh, I believe. But, you know, she did great things up there. And so, you know, if she wants to say she could stay, but, you know, they obviously were in an uncomfortable position, but that's what they said publicly. And then, of course, Rachel Dolezal then says, you know, I don't want to make this about me. And that's why I'm stepping down because, you know, it's, it's, it, we need to focus on what's important and lives matter, et cetera. Uh, and so people seem to be just ignoring this larger thing and the larger themes that you're just talking about here, Michael. And, and what it's funny is the obvious end result of the premise that race is not something that, you know, you're born with that is a biological marker, but rather is a set of beliefs is that anyone can be black anyone can be white and therefore all the race-based government public policy how do you gerrymander a district based on do the people in this district feel black or feel white how do you hand out you know college uh, acceptance slots to people based on their feelingness of black because i'm sure there are plenty of low-income white and asian kids who would love to move to the front of the line with french french treatment by showing how many rap lyrics they know and how they've signed up for the rachel dolezal uh, hair and makeup collection Oh, tell me about it. I mean, you know, I mean, when I, uh, you know, I applied to colleges, it didn't do me any favors that I'm Asian American. But, you know, had I known better now, you know, in the Rachel Dolezal <laughs> era, I would have identified as Aleut or Inuit because exactly. well, I think they need those in college. Well, I choose to identify as not guilty by reason of insanity. And I'll be sticking with that regardless of the twists and turns in American culture. Vic Mattis, thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. You got it. Thanks, Michael. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.